We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. We're good. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach we knew Russell Wilson was banged up going into that ugly week five Thursday night football loss to the Indianapolis Colts. But we learned yesterday the severity of that injury. Turns out it's a lat tear in his throwing shoulder. You kind of talked, or at least you have talked about it on Twitter, as the, how, what it shares common, uh, its commonalities with the DAC injury. How does this affect the outlook for Russell Wilson, the quarterback, and does it – well, I'll save asking about how this maybe has affected his play, but what's the outlook, you think? I don't know that I believe it, all that. You know, it's like, where was this before the game? How come it came out after a bad loss? It seems like a little bit of excuse-making for Russell Wilson's poor um, – performances and like Cliss said and Cliss is the mouthpiece of the Broncos still he says it buys Nathaniel Hackett more time or kind of lessens the criticism on Hackett's shoulders because Russ is now injured I don't know I hope it's not severe I don't want to downplay the injury but it's going to seem like something he has to play through the entire year Um, I read he's going to have round the clock treatment he's going to just grind it out and and, uh, grit it out but doesn't bode well his throwing shoulder it's a multi-week injury if you don't give it some rest and you have to just kind of just bear through it. But it's another injury and a long line on this season, Chad. Not much more to say, really. It's not surprising. Insult to injury. Insult to injury. Injury to insult. I think that's maybe the better way to say it. But I was talking with the great Doc Bear, an emeritus at Mile High Huddle. And, you know, we call him Doc Bear not just as a nickname, but he's actually a doctor. And One of his areas of expertise, Zach, is in pain management. He and I were talking, and he emphasized how, you know, when you're in pain, whether it's a headache or, you know, maybe you suffered a back injury, whatever, like we common folk who are not these elite athletes, right? When you're in pain, it is a serious form of distraction, meaning even like when you go under the weather with a, you know, cold virus or something, whatever, 
you're not quite yourself, right? You're not quite, you, you get that like wet ro- uh, wash rag feeling kind of on your brain and you just, you don't feel like yourself and everything's dimmer. You're, you're a distracted version of yourself. And when it, that comes to actual pain, now who knows, Zach, maybe enough Toradol makes that go away. I don't know. But something has to explain because look, the version of Russ we've seen this season, Zach, it's unprecedented. The first two weeks notwithstanding. From basically, I'll say first three weeks. So from the Vegas game, stats were improved, but still the way he's seeing the field and all that. Like I was watching, uh, I subscribed to Kurt Warner's, um, you know, film breakdown stuff on YouTube, and he broke down Russ's day against uh, the Colts, and he was just flummoxed. He's like, I don't understand why he's not seeing the field. He's not seeing things that we know he should be able to see, and I think look. I'm not a big believer in coincidence, and the the correlation here is either the new scheme. There's only one one explanation. It could be multiple, but it's either new scheme, Zach, or he's in pain, and so he's not himself. What do you subscribe to? Does the shoulder injury excuse the poor inter- interceptions? To your point, the decision-making. I mean, did he hurt his shoulder or did he hurt his brain? Because it seemed like Russell Wilson's brain was on IR against the Colts. Uh, it's. I'm sure it plays into if the injury is legitimate as they're making it out to be. I'm sure it plays into arm strength and the throws that he can make on any given down. But to throw an end zone pick so poorly, to not see KJ Hamler wide open, that's where I'm not buying the excuse of injury. Russell Wilson is not performing at the level the Broncos thought they were getting with him. Injury or not, $250 million to throw two picks and have no touchdowns. That's not cutting it. Honestly, I don't know what to think, but I do know as I've suffered one major injury in my life. All right. Uh, You know, you talk about broken bones and stuff. I've been pretty lucky. But back in 2007, I broke my back, fractured my T4 vertebrae. And I can tell you that when you are in pain, even if you try to manage it with medications or rehabilitation or whatever, all right, the pain, you're not going to be able to completely erase the pain. And it does change you. It distracts you, you know, like in a real life setting, maybe you're more snappy at your wife or kids, or maybe there's things you would normally do or be, or ways you would normally behave that you don't because you're kind of consumed by it a little bit. Jonathan here says, I was watching the Kurt Warner breakdown of Russ's execution so far. Hey, we were sharing a brain there, big dog. And it hasn't been great. I know Hackett has things to work on, but I'm 50-50 on the blame this far on the season thoughts. Yeah, I mean, they, they're they in the same boat. They share equal blame here. And it is interesting that they're deciding, as Zach said right now, like we don't believe in coincidence. Like that comes out during the single point in Russell Wilson's career where he is the probably most criticized he's ever been. It is convenient. Doesn't mean it's an untrue. It doesn't even necessarily mean that it was that it's in any way inflated or or whatever. The timing of their decision to release all that information, they knew about the lat tear going into the game. They kept it under their hat till after the game. Now we know why. Jason Bolin, what's up, dude? Thank you for the super chat. He says, I can't believe that amazing feeling I had a little over a month ago has already been replaced with the impending doom feeling we all know. It's unbelievable, really. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, bro. Well, that's one thing we tried to warn everybody in the offseason, Zach, is don't look away from this. Don't just think you got it made in the shade. So many moving pieces, so many things still, as encouraging as it was to get Russell Wilson, 
so many new pieces, unprecedented. Like we don't know which way exactly for sure this thing is going to turn. We what we knew for sure, Zach, was that there would be growing pains. You know, I think Russell Wilson's biggest problems aren't physical; they're mental. I don't know what's going on with Russell Wilson, the quarterback, or maybe Russell Wilson, the human being. I've heard rumors that there's marital situation issues with uh, Russ and Sierra. The criticism is getting to him about his play. Um, the fact that people think he's washed. The fact that people are making fun of him over subway ads and let's ride. The fact that a lot of Seahawks fans literally wish him ill. It goes way beyond just professional. How about Kyle Brandt taking down Russell Wilson, bringing his wife into it and coming off bitter and jealous and resentful. I have never seen, you know, Russell Wilson's play warrants the criticism, but I'll say it, I have never seen an athlete as, I don't want to say revered, but as decorated as Russell Wilson gets so much hate. You you think he was Hitler reincarnate, Chad, but he's really not. He's a good guy. You know, he might be a little corny, but he's a good guy and he's been a good quarterback over the course of his career. I think this injury now, because... He was taken off the injury report. He had no designation heading into the Colts game. He had that little ding-up injury, as Hackett called it, and then he was Mm -hmm. taken off. Suddenly after the game, though, it comes out that he has these PRP injections. I'm not buying it. Something stinks here. Cristiano, thank you, buddy, for that super chat. He says, Evening Priest and MHH, much appreciation. Right back at you, big dog. I think think the vitriol, Zach, has something to do, as you mentioned, with kind of um, some of his corny – shtick uh, since he became a Bronco like he just decided to start doing that let's ride thing and he's like really putting it on the nose for everybody like even at the depths of uh you know the the heartbreak of that loss and just knowing he's the reason they lost Broncos country is he's actually we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. That's right. You know, as, he, as he's getting off, and I, I mean, I actually kind of felt bad for this rich man. You know, this wealthy human, beautiful wife, beautiful family, more money than he's ever going to need on this earth. I actually pitied him for a moment, but I think that you're right. That's a part of it. What about this, Zach? And this is something I've noticed with any player who outkicks his coverage in the league, whether it's an undrafted guy that goes on to do great things or a mid or late round guy that goes on to perform like a first round guy. When eventually a crack in the armor appears and there's like some subject matter there for people to sink their teeth into the NFL like closes in because it's like their opportunity to say, see, we knew there was a reason he went in the third round or, you know, undrafted or whatever. Yeah. If he would have been playing well, the Broncos were four and one or five and oh, no one would be saying anything, but the fact that they already had their narratives built in and now they can just say, Oh, see, we were right. See, it's just plausible deniability with a lot of these analysts. But my problem is when it wades into personal waters, don't bring up his wife. Don't come off bitter and angry, angry because you didn't get a handshake at the NFL honor show. His, his play warrants the criticism, but all of that other dreck all of that other static around Russell, I really feel like it's seeping into his brain. That's his biggest problem to me that I've seen through four games, five games. Money Moore says, and thank you for the super chat, my friend. He says, I don't mind the team getting clowned by the league and media because they deserve it at this point. As Zach Kelberman said, all offseason, let them hate. Let them hate. It's either going to turn around or it's not. All right. And if it doesn't turn around and it proceeds on this course, Nathaniel Hackett will be a one and done coach. Broncos, you know, of the the triumvirate here, I'm talking GM, head coach, and quarterback. Only one guy really has any kind of job security, and that's the quarterback because of the money he's owed. Um, if it continues down that track, you know, we're going to break it down. We're going to react, and we'll know at the end of the season, hey, they'll probably end up looking for another coach to better maximize what they their investment in Russ, and that'll be that. But there's still a lot of rows left to hoe before we get to that being a definitive thing. Lawrence says, so are we going to get Russ HGH treatment, Manning 2.0 time? But in all seriousness, we're lucky the Broncos don't get penalized for not reporting and misleading odds. Listen, before you go off on me about it, I don't care, but betters are pretty mad right now on Twitter about it. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos did take him off. He was listed on the injury report in terms of the practice report. On his designation, instead of like questionable, out, doubtful, it just had a dash mark, right? Which just implies full go. Doesn't mean he wasn't injured, though. It just showed that the Broncos were trying to impart to their opponent. I think here's Zach some, uh, what do you want to call it? Competitive, tactical, whatever. Ah, our quarterback's good to go. Turns out he wasn't. One thing I've learned about Nathaniel Hackett is he's very, I don't want to say dishonest, but he's vague when it comes to injuries he has a very unique approach and he's not overly honest obviously now after what came out with Russell whether it's legitimate or not I mean he was dinged up then he was off the injury report he played in the game he jersey swapped with Derek Carr after the game he seemed to use his shoulder to take his jersey off he looked fine there I just think it's way too coincidental and we don't agree on coincidence or we don't you know we don't see coincidence in life let alone football for it to come out right after the game that he has this sudden shoulder issue, I don't know. But you talk about Hackett and the coaching. You watch a team like the Giants today, Chad. 
what they did against the Packers, how good Daniel Jones looks in Brian Dayball's offense. It means the world of difference. And it just makes me feel sorrow and depression that Nathaniel Hackey can't get more out of $250 million Russell Wilson, but Brian Dayball in his first year as well as a head coach is making Daniel Jones and the Giants look like playoff contenders. Coaching, coaching, coaching. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that, in my opinion, okay, the majority of what's going on here is a disconnect between quarterback and head coach. Not in terms of like a rift where Russ doesn't like Hackett, but in terms of this is not a coach that has figured out how to get the most out of his quarterback yet. That's a problem. The coaches that hit the ground running as first-time guys, and Phil, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you, big dog. Um, the guys who get the most out of their teams, all right, in the first year as a head coach, they uh, figure that out quite quickly. And Cristiano, thank you, buddy, about the, the Super Chats. So many questions, coaching, management. We feel you, big dog. Um, Brian Dable is probably a guy who's meant to, to stay in the league because he took what – Many people ex really consider to be kind of leavings, a, a bust. And it's early yet, but the Giants are trending in the right direction. Broncos didn't even talk to Brian Dable. Yeah. They didn't even interview him in this past coaching cycle. Now, before you completely crucify George Payton for not even talking to Brian Dable, there was a lot of stuff in the media, a lot of uh, buzz that he was told the job was his in New York if he wanted it. He already lived in New York. You get to coach a major media market, New York Giants, and they were just basically handing you the job. It was kind of a no-brainer for Brian Dable, in other words. All right, so he was putting his agent and stuff was basically putting out feelers for teams when they would check with them. Uh, no, we're I'm keeping my focus on this Giants job because he knew he was getting it. So you don't want to completely um, castigate George Payton for not taking a guy like uh, or talking to interviewing a guy like Dable, Zach. But there is an issue here. Are we supposed – seriously, think about this. Are we supposed to assume that a coach who can't get basic rudimentary game management issues down, that everything else is just perfect, like he's great everywhere else, but this – no, no, no. It's like that old saying you know, in a customer service way. If it's happening to me, it's happening to everybody, all right? Same thing. If, it's hap if, if you're seeing egregious lapses, Zach, in this area, it's happening in every facet, including the offense, including – the coaching of the quarterback. Yeah, you're right about Dayball. It was a package deal and fate accompli in New York because the GM was hired with Dayball. That was his boy as well. But you look at Kevin O'Connell with Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. You look at Mike McDaniel with Tua in Miami. I mean, these are all first-time coaches, and they're making more than hay. They're making victories. They're making winning seasons. What do the Broncos have to show for it? Nothing. They can't score a touchdown in prime time at home against a team like the Colts that's on the ledge, and all you got to do is just push them off. We talked about it a lot last year, and there were a few things that came out after the Colts game we haven't gotten a chance to talk about either on the radio show, on the podcast, privately, whatever. The team takes on the complexion of their head coach. It's something we said about Vic a lot. Well, this head coach admits he said, I got the go to call yeah. a certain play. Got the go from who? Who's your mm -hmm. overlord? I mean, who is your God that you're answering to here? And he also said he second guesses every play call. Now, if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm owning up to my own bad performance, missing KJ, for example, the interceptions. But if that's my leader, if that's the guy I'm looking to, I don't feel confident. And if I have any sort of mental struggle going from Seattle to Denver, uh, dealing with the fan criticism, dealing with the media criticism, dealing with his own personal issues, perhaps, and then 
your your one rock is supposed to be your coach and your coach is second guessing everything he's calling into you there's something seriously wrong with the confidence and, and pride that Nathaniel Hackett has. I want him to be a little more alpha because so far, Chad, he has shown me to be a beta as a head coach. Gary Leeds Palmer, the GLP in the house. Great to see you tonight, brother. Thank you for the stars. We had so much fun hanging out with you at the meet and greet. Great to see you, buddy. Andrew, we missed you at the meet and greet, but we know you were there with us in spirit. This is good. Here's what Zach's alluding to in case you guys are scratching your head. In fact, this is an article right now. Shout out to Keith Cummings, it's viral. It's just crushing right now at milehighhuddle.com. Here's what Hackett said about the post game, what he said post game about that fourth and one decision. Quote, we wanted to win the game. We hadn't moved the ball very well the whole night, and I thought we had a spectacular drive to get all the way. Uh, oh, oh, hold on. That's not the right quote. Where is it? It's down farther. Here it is. For us to take, uh, no, that's not it. It's where the Sam Hick is it? It's in here somewhere. I got the, I got the, no, that's the, where we go from here. Hang tight. One sec, guys. I'll find it. We wanted to win the game, given the green light. I don't know where it is, but I'll just paraphrase it. Okay. Uh, so he was told that I got the go ahead. I got the green light. I got the go ahead to, to go for it on fourth and one. Now, Zach, let me just, let me just steel man this and give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe what he was saying is all coaches do this. All right. Not even so much do this. It happens because this the way the communication chains work in game situations is if it's pivotal or whatever, analytics guy all of a sudden pops into his ear and says, yeah, hey, coach, we like this situation. If you did feel like you wanted to go for it, we do like this. Okay, cool. So he knows pro on the probability side of things it's in his favor or whatever. So this could have just been a situation, Zach, on fourth and one, game on the line. But, but hey, coach, we do like this. Uh, we like this. Go ahead and go for it is, is kind of our call. And he, it was a poor choice of words, in other words. I think you're excusing away a lot of uh, who Nathaniel Hackett is and a lot of his detriment to the team as the coach because one of his first moves when he was hired, Chad, was bringing in a coach for the coaches. Isn't that your job responsibility? Isn't that why they hired you as the head coach of a football team? John Vieira, the instructional designer. And then he needed Jerry Rossberg to come in out of retirement to help him with clock management. It seems like he asks around and kind of workshops, uh, play call, opinion, whatever. And if enough people agree, then he'll go with it. But he needs to put his damn foot down and be the head coach. They didn't hire the analytics guy to coach the Broncos. They didn't hire John Vieira or Derek Haithcock to coach the Broncos. They hired Nathaniel Hackett, and if you watch Brian Dayball on the sideline, after the game, he was fist-pumping, he was dropping F-bombs. That's an excitable guy who takes ownership of his football team and his offense. I don't want to say they got, the Broncos got it wrong, but when you look at someone like the Giants and Dayball, they definitely got it right. Jeff says, uh, and thank you for the super chat, Jeff, what's your, uh, what's your guys' take if Russell is burnt? We can be a bad team another seven years. Peyton hired Hackett. The GM has to be uh, cringed in front of the new owners. Um, so, all right. So, what's your take if Russell's burnt? Do you think Russell Wilson is is washed, Zach? I need a little more sample size because he looked really good. I wasn't saying – no one was saying he was washed after the Raiders game. He looked almost like the old Russell Wilson in that for the most part, but then he kind of just – the wheels came off against Indy. I want to see the season play out a little longer. 
if this injury, that's his built-in excuse now. Oh, I have the PRP injections in my throwing shoulder. You know, give me that honeymoon year. Next year, we'll attack it. I don't want to say he's washed, but the Broncos are definitely stuck with him now. $250 million. That deal doesn't even kick in yet for a few years. So they have to ride or die with Russell Wilson. I hope he's not washed. He's still pretty young, 33 going on 34. Not like he's 40 years old, but it's not looking good. If only for a return on investment so yeah. far. Zeus McPeak in the house. Thank you for the super chat. A Mount Rushmore super chat superstar here at MHH. Hi, right back at you, brother. Hope you're doing well. We've missed you, Zeus. Uh, ben Wallman says, are we going to sign someone like Eric Fisher to give us some help? Uh, I don't think so, but maybe, maybe. I don't know. I think once this week is over, so Tuesday we'll start getting some answers on that front if the Broncos have designs on bringing anyone in because, yeah, Garrett Bowles, done for the year. Ronald Darby, done for the year. I mean, and then we learned – long snapper Jacob Bobenoyer Zach going to miss some time and then the Russell Wilson injury literally every single game you your your bodies are dropping like your key guys are going down with maybe the exception of the well I'm not going to try and recount every game but it's that's what it feels like uh LD Williams on Twitch good to see you thank you for being with us my friend says, I'm new to Twitch, but I can't pull up Mile High Huddle on Facebook anymore to follow up with you guys. Don't know how that happens. I don't know either, dude. There's 100,000 people that follow that page, so that's weird. Uh, George Fox, I feel Russ is a good guy, but I think he's become a diva. But our coaching staff needs to get their crap together or we're not going anywhere. Uh, MHH for life from Southwest Florida. That's awesome, dude. I don't. For what it's worth, Zach, on that question, I don't think Russ is washed. I really don't. First of all, Players are allowed to have a bad game. Now, Russ has not really had a great game yet in five swings at the plate as a Bronco. And that was a really, really bad game. You could argue he wasn't good in Seattle, the Seattle game, I mean. You could argue he was not good for three quarters against Houston, but he put together that one drive at the end. Same the next game against the Niners. He's kind of been butting up against it. Like, you're just waiting for him to kind of break through whatever ceiling is just barely you've seen him kind of grasping at it and then as you said in the Raiders game statistically takes a big step forward but what you didn't see was those clutch plays in the fourth quarter that he had delivered up to this point then he completely unravels in the Colts game like just a horrible game the type of interceptions I mean Russell Wilson has always been very very stingy with the ball it's always been really hard to pick that dude off just because he doesn't put the ball in harm's way you know he's he's smart about that but you know talking to uh, doc bear again zach i'm going to bring this up about pain okay pain management experts like doc bear quote pain affects concentration memory attitude and consciousness so if you put that in context zach with what russell wilson's purported injury is all right he's not himself and if that's the case, and this is an injury where, you know, for it to heal, you need, like, you need to be able to just re rest it. He can't rest it. He's going to be aggravating it many times per week. He's going to be dinged up like this all season long. So is this the version of Russ we expect to see the, the whole rest of the year? 
if he's not himself, then eat a damn Snickers bar, man. You know, like when Tom Brady got hurt, you know what he said when he hurt his shoulder? It's football. It happens. That's a 45-year-old saying that. So, again, I'm not leaning too much on the injury excuses because Russ wasn't all that good before he hurt his shoulder, if indeed he hurt his shoulder recently. I mean, he's been kind of poor and inconsistent the entire year. Speaking of the injuries, it's now year after year, week after week, the Broncos are losing a key player or any player to a debilitating season-ending injury. If this was any other team, when it was the Chargers losing every player, everyone said fire their training staff, you know, replace the training. When can we start to ask those questions about what's going on behind the scenes in Dove Valley? It is literally not one year, two years. It is multiple years where the Broncos are getting killed by injuries. And Russ's shoulder, that's their golden boy, $250 million. If that doesn't spark any debate about I'll say his name, Lauren Landau, then what really will? I'm just so sick of the injuries being the the biggest detriment. Not necessarily anything else. It's always the injury bug. It's one of those things that's not brought up by media that are uh, beat writing and all that because the team, frankly, doesn't like those. It's it's just viewed as an off-limits topic for whatever reason, and we've never really uh, allowed ourselves to be bound by any of those limitations, and in this case, we've been calling that spade a spade, Zach, for, what, two and a half years? About somewhere. About the 2020 season is when we really started, uh, you know, grabbing our pitchforks and saying, what is going on here? The Duchess, after some time to sleep on it, she says, I still have hope. I think we'll iron out the kinks, and what choice do we have? Love you, Michaela. Thank you for the super chat. I ha- Here's the thing, guys. I know it seems counterintuitive after what you saw from Russ on Thursday night, but I actually have faith in Russell Wilson. Just if for no other reason, his body of work, his resume, there's so much sample size there that I'm just not ready to uh, go ahead and turn the page and say, Oh, this dude's washed or nothing good's going to come in this season. Just because Russell Wilson has a habit of proving people wrong and naysayers wrong. The doubts I have about this team start and end with the coach. All right. I'm sorry. Like I like the special teams coach. Right, Dwayne Stukes has impressed me for the most part. I really like Ajiro Evero on defense. Nathaniel Hackett's competency, not just to be a leader and a game manager and all that stuff, but like as a play caller, having a command and a feel uh, for the, his own scheme and you know what works best for the players within that scheme. You know, he talked about, and he's still in his last two press conferences, post game and even the one on Friday. Zach, he's talking about how fitting things to his players and all this. I'm not seeing that come out in the wash in any way, shape, or form. My doubts for this team, unfortunately, they start with the head coach, and that's why I don't really have anything good to report by way of a encouraging, bold prediction. I do have faith in Russell Wilson, and if there is a reason, Zach, a silver lining or a reason to be opti- optimistic, hang your hat on something, it's perhaps Russell Wilson figures it out and can kind of rise above a – head coach who's not an asset. It's one thing for a coach, Zach, to not be an asset. All right, like Peyton Manning, for example. Mike McCoy, do you really think he was an asset to Peyton? Even Adam Gase. No, no, no. Peyton was an asset to those guys, let's be honest. So great quarterbacks can overcome and elevate coaches around them, all right? But in the case of Nathaniel Hackett, we have to seriously wonder if he's not only not an asset, Zach, but a true like threat detriment to the quarterback, to this whole team. 
Yeah, it's one thing to win in spite of your coaching. It's another thing to lose because of your coaching. And it's something we've dealt with and talked about for five years, going back to VJ and then Vic and now Nathaniel Hackett. My, I'm not excusing him at all. I think he does deserve more blame. It's like 60-40 on Hackett, I feel like. But in the Colts game, Hackett wasn't the one on the field throwing those two bad picks. Hackett wasn't the one that was locked on Cortland when he should have been looking to his right and seeing K.J. Hamler wide open. That game was not on Hackett to me. You can talk about fourth and one. He's always going to come up small until he learns otherwise, it seems like, as a rookie coach. But that was on Russ to me. And- right, but here's the thing, Zach, not to cut you off. That is on Russ. But the question is, why? What is it? Why is he not seeing the field like we know he normally does? I don't know. You know, I'm sure coaching has something to do with it. Maybe the playbook isn't isn't meshing well with his ideologies as a quarterback, but maybe Russell Wilson, not washed, but maybe he's on the end of the spectrum where he needs a little bit of a better team around him in order to win. Maybe he's not the quarterback that we all thought was going to come in and be like Peyton Manning in the sense that he's going to make every single factor around him better, every single one, from the O-line to the running backs to the tight ends to the coaching. Maybe it wasn't ever going to be that. Maybe he needed more of an ideal situation. But what is ideal? about what he's in right now. Nothing. He lost his running back. He lost his best left tackle or his best lineman. He lost his number two receiver already. His coach is going through it right now. So it's just a crap show all the way around. It's hard to exonerate one or the other when there's so many people complicit for this mess. It's like at a riot when things get burnt down and destroyed. It's like, who are you going to arrest? <laughs> right? Yeah. Who are you going to hold accountable for this? Uh, Andrew, sup, bros and fam. Russ needs to get out of his own head. It hurts. For the hype we had, but injuries might put a nail in this season, and that's true, buddy. Howie says, hey, guys, can Russ not see over the middle of the of the line? I never see a short route over the middle, short to mid-range, if not more bootlegs is a good option. Yeah, I've seen – I'm not seeing a problem with him not utilizing the middle of the field. I'm I'm seeing a problem with him not recognizing – like, go, re, go watch the – it's really worth watching because – there's a million guys that break down film on YouTube, right? Uh, quarterback specifically. But if you really want to learn something, what better person to learn from than a Hall of Fame quarterback? So one of the things that uh, Kurt Warner brought up in his breakdown of Russ's Thursday night performance was that like simple things that he knows Russ should know and he's seen him execute before, like knowing where your hots are, uh, pre-snap, understanding pre-snap where the pressure's coming from. It's like, Zach, when we – People hate talking about or hate uh, Chris Collinsworth as a as a as a game caller here, but he would always talk about how the great quarterbacks throw into the blitz, right? They sense and 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 Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, these guys, that's what they do. Because if that's where the pressure's coming from, that means there's that zone's gonna be light. And Russ, these simple things that Russell Wilson knows, Zach, these are things he knows he's missing. He's not it's not coming out in the wash. And so to me, I really do think, you know, just I don't think it takes a rocket scientist. I think it's a it's a problem with coaching emphasis or connection to the coaching for whatever reason, how however you want to try and explain it. Hackett's coaching is not reaching Russell Wilson the way it needs to. And I think a big part of that game can be explained by he wasn't himself in pain. If unless we really do want to put our tinfoil hats on and go down a rabbit hole of you know, conspiracy. We do know his, he had injured his shoulder in the Raiders game. We knew that. We didn't know the extent of it. I think you give him some time, some R&R, and you hope Russ can overcome Nathaniel Hackett. I'm just not hanging my hat on it. 
man, is that it's crazy that we're even saying that sentence. I didn't think we'd utter that on October 9th, considering how much hype there was for this season. Can Russ overcome Nathaniel Hackett? We thought the marriage was going to be this amazing partnership. I don't know. It sounds like a lot of excuse making for us, but you do have to wonder why a nine time pro bowler who, by the way, a lot of Seahawks fans or, or Russ detractors point to his injury marred uh, 2021 campaign when he had career worst numbers. But if you look at the stats after he came back from the injury, he looked like elite Russell Wilson. So you have to wonder what changed from that point to the time he got on the field with the Broncos. It's not a familiarity issue with the, the reps and the offensive line and the preseason that that's put to bed. Now we're well into the season. Is it coaching? Is it off the field for Russell Wilson? Is the criticism creeping into his head? Is he physically not the same quarterback? We don't know, but you're right. I mean, we have to just at this point, hope that he can overcome his offensive play caller and head coach, man. Uh, Scott, I'm, I want to grab this super chat from the great Kathy Lund. And then there's a 629 from LD. I want to get, Kathy, thank you. It's great to see you. Thank you for the super chat. She says, all the injuries, the poor coaching, the lack of chemistry, and only five draft picks next spring. I'm legit concerned. I feel you, but that doesn't actually trip me out too hard because so much of this team's talent, Zach, is already on injured reserve, meaning <laughs> you're going to get them back next year. Now, George Payton literally promised Broncos country that he would have more draft picks uh, come the 2023 draft than he currently did when he made the promise. So we'll see on that, Zach. But uh, it's just crazy. If you go look now, go to DenverBroncos.com, go to team, go to roster, scroll down to injured slash reserved. It's brutal. You could start a whole new team with who's on IR pretty much. I mean, it's just a who's who of Broncos stars and really, really good players that you lean on. You lose Tim Patrick, you lose Javante, you lose Garrett Bowles. I mean, offensive alone, not just defensive injuries. Those are your foundational players, man. I mean, I don't know how any quarterback, let alone a 34-year-old coming into a new system, new city, new team, all this criticism, all this static, rookie head coach who's kind of peeing his pants every Sunday or Thursday, whatever it may be. I don't know. I want to excuse Russ, but I can't get those two picks out of my mind. They were so egregiously bad that not even Drew Locke would have done that last year. That's how bad they were. See, and I don't think we have to excuse him. Just because there are factors contributing to a a poor performance doesn't excuse the poor performance. It's like my boy. If he goes to school with a big test, but he wakes up that morning with with a headache or, you know, the beginnings of a cold or whatever, you know how it is with kids and he flunks the test, I'm going to be focused on the fact that, dude, you flunked the test. Not that you weren't feeling good. Like, that sucks. But, like, dude, you flunked the test. So we're just talking about here some of the factors, some of the context that might explain what seems, Zach, inexplicable Thursday night. LD, this is a topic I wanted to get to. He says, to be honest, guys, do you think Nathaniel Hackett was a mistake hire, and do you think he is a one-and-done head coach, Zach? Chicken or the egg, you know, it was the Russell Wilson a bigger mistake or was hiring Hackett what made Russell Wilson who he is now, apparently. we That's the question we're trying to solve, and we do not know. Um, Hackett's resume, a lot of people pick that apart because they say he leaned on Matt LaFleur and A-Rod and Green Bay. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe they did someone like Brian Dayball who worked closely with Allen in Buffalo and made him a better quarterback and had a better track record. I don't know about one and done. It's too soon for that. Let's see how the Broncos – Uh, finish out the year it's still really early they're still technically in it they're not eliminated from the playoffs um, or contention so I don't know about one and done but if things don't improve if they keep getting embarrassed like 
the Chargers game. Another primetime game coming up for the Broncos. How many times can the Walton-Penner family be shown in that suite trying to muster a smile or a clap or some sort of uh, positivity? And how much can they stand that knowing their team, their $5 billion investment is now an NFL laughingstock, more so than they've been over the last five years? That's what the biggest worry for Nathaniel Hackett should be. Based on what we've seen now, I'm going to tell you, I do think Nathaniel Hackett was a mistake hire. All right. I'm open. I'm not saying that as like some kind of a, no, lock it in, dude. He's definitely one and done. Like I remain open to the possibility that he can rebound from this and, and that these, cause we learn most, the, the, the way human beings learn best is by doing. And the lessons that we do learn are more, uh, solidly hammered home through our failures than our successes. So if that's the case, a lot of subject matter to uh, uh, edify and improve the education here of Nathaniel Hackett. If he continues on this trajectory, as Zach just mentioned, of every national spotlight game is like a collapse and an embarrassment. Yeah, he's one and done. He's one. He's on the course right now. What I'll tell you, Nathaniel Hackett is on the course to one and done. But it's still early. He can alter that. He can change that. Do I expect it to happen? Well, Zach, if the best predictor of, of the future or future behavior is past behavior, then the answer to that is no. I can't expect him to t- suddenly turn it around. But, again, the wild card here is the presence of a nine-time Pro Bowler in his 11th year. Sebastian, I picked probably the worst or best game to go to. I'm going to the Monday night game uh, against the Chargers. No miracle happening. Well, that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one. Austin H. Having an offensive coach should allow the offense to be dynamic and trend upwards. The offense being horrible to this point, major problem, Zach. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we killed VJ because he was a defensive-oriented coach when the defense fell apart. We killed Vic for the same thing. That's their side of the ball. Well, this is Hackett's side of the ball, and it's not cutting the mustard. And can he lean on the inexperience when someone like Ajiro Evero is in a first-time role as well and the defense looks like a top five unit maybe even better than that he looks like he's been around for years doing this he looks like wade phillips incarnate that's how good he's been so hackett has looked amateurish hackett has looked like he's seen the play calls for the first time in his life he's put on the headset for the first time in his life he looks scared out there he literally turns red with embarrassment i just don't know maybe he's cut out to be an nfl head coach a lot like vj or vic for example are just much better number twos than they are number ones maybe that's the case with hackett we've got the llc jumping in so with some stars on facebook it's great to see you thank you you know zach it's one of those things it's like i keep reverting back to uh parenting metaphors all right but it's like when you bust your kid doing something they maybe shouldn't have been doing all of a sudden all the signs you're like, oh, now I recognize the signs. I should have been more suspicious on A. I should have questioned B a little bit more because da-da-da, right? Well, when the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett, Zach, we kind of brushed under the rug that for the last three years, he has not been a play caller. We're like, yeah, he's coaching Aaron Rodgers, and he's been a play caller before. We didn't really put too much stock into it, but now you got to kind of question the wisdom of putting all your eggs in a basket for of a guy who has not called plays for three years. What does that mean? That means he's out of practice, dude. Has he been involved in the game planning? Yes. Has he coached players these past three years? Yes. Has he been the man who, by sheer uh, force of his wits, has had to call those plays game in and game out, not for three years at least, 
we should have probably been a little bit more suspicious of that. And the Broncos, that got brought up initially, and they they swept on They didn't want to talk about that either. So George Payton did look past that for a reason. The question is, what was that reason? He was so likable. You know, the tacos were good the night he was hired. I, I mean, he made an impression. And it's like Goofy, dude. Every time that dude's up, you know, from 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 Disney, it's like Goofy. You you know how important first impressions are, Chad. They can make or break you, and they can hide some of your deficiencies and make your resume look a little cleaner and squeakier. And uh, maybe that's what happened with with Peyton. But when we talk about one and done with Hackett, why I pause at that being a possibility is that directly reflects on George Peyton because that's his first hire as the Broncos GM. He picked his guy, and he had a vast pool that he limited down to hire Nathaniel Hackett. I wonder. Vic got three years, VJ got two, even McDaniels got into his second year. Do the Broncos buck history and make Hackett a one-and-done coach? You seem to think so. I want to see it play out a little more, but I would not be surprised at this rate. Put it that way. I I do, too. I I mean, I'm not making any – I'm saying I I want it to play out, and it's going to play out more. I'm telling you that when a coach – it's not just that he's underperformed. There have been categorical on national television – embarrassments that this head coach has put the team through. I mean, even having the the fans in the stands resort to counting down the play clock and then that Colts, I'm telling you right now, Peyton will, will shed no tears if he has to fire Nathaniel Hackett at the end of the season to save his job. If it is that bad, it's one and done. Because what actually makes Hackett worse than VJ, worse than Vic, is he's got a franchise quarterback and it's still a crap show. Like, how could it have been worse than VJ and Vic with a franchise quarterback. Like, you don't survive that. Uh, Simon, what's up, dude, up in up in uh, Canada? What's going on, big dog? He said, it's tough to believe Russ has two... It's tough to believe Russ has 10 good seasons, and then overnight he's washed. <clears throat> You're right. That's why you shouldn't believe it. I need a full season before judging. I will, however, judge the coaching and be looking for heads to roll if this continues. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. All right. Body of work is a key factor here. Cristiano, even Russ's deep shot lack of success seems to be related to bad vision and anticipation. I agree with Zach that issues seem to be more in his head than his body. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing here. Even when you, again, I'll go back to the Kurt Warner film breakdown, which I recommend everybody go find it and, and watch it. It's all between the ears stuff, Zach. It's not physical limitations. And you go, well, then that means the injury is not affecting it. Not necessarily. Again, when you are in pain and your body's not right, it affects all kinds of different things, concentration, uh, all that stuff. Uh, Zach, your response, and then we'll grab Lilo here. Well, I, th- you know, you're right in the sense that it seemed Russell Wilson came in and Hackett ruined him overnight. And um, if he were to get fired, it's because right now leading his epitaph would be the coach that ruined a nine-time Pro Bowl quarterback, a $250 million investment. That is uh, – what Hackett's claim to fame is in Denver right now. But to the mental aspect or Russ taking ownership or us giving him the responsibility and blame for the on-field play, there was a pass early in the Colts game to Jerry Judy. If he would have thrown it to the outside a little more and led him, it would have been a big completion. His arm strength, notably on that pass, was fine. It was the placement of the football that led me to say, is this Russ or is this you know, some other schmo first, second year quarterback. This is a throw you need to make when you're a quarter billion dollar player. I don't know, man. I don't know too much about him beyond this last year. I mean, he was in Seattle for 10 years. He seemed like a pretty buttoned up guy, 
But you know, still waters run deep. I've always subscribed to that in my life. And we, we have a a person or a player like Russell Wilson who is so robotic and so buttoned up and doesn't show emotion and is so just canned all the time, you really wonder, at least I do, what is going on behind the scenes? What is he really thinking? What does he really like behind closed doors? And maybe it's more of a struggle than we all know for us right now. Guile from Street Fighter jumping in to say, watch the wild card round, uh, Hawks versus Rams. This is Russ against elite defense. Maybe. Um, maybe we'll see. It'll come out in the wash. David McElrath, what's up, dude? We, the Denver Broncos, already have the most players on injured reserve. Shouldn't they be looking at conditioning and training? We were talking about that, David, in case you missed it at the top of the show. Well, not necessarily the top of the show, but earlier this this episode. Yeah, yeah. I think fans need to start. Let me put it this way. I shouldn't say. I don't blame fans if they want to collectively be more vocal on that very issue. Um, Scott, I want to grab this one at 640 from Cristiano because this brings up a possible solution here, Zach. He says, your take on hiring an offensive babysitter for Nathaniel Hackett. All right. You don't need to hire one. Guess what? Your offensive coordinator has never called plays in the league, but you hired him to be your offensive coordinator. Don't give the duties to him. If you sit Nathaniel Hackett down in terms of play calling and say, hey, just be head coach. Let's let Clint Kubiak do it. Now, Clint Kubiak, he did call plays in Minnesota, all right, to uh, mixed reviews. But at least he's he has it more on his recent resume than Daniel Hackett, for what it's worth. I don't think there's anything the Broncos can or will do to bring in some kind of babysitter for Nathaniel Hackett on the offensive side. If anything changes, Zach, it's going to be he relinquishes play-calling duties to one of his assistants. I think that Justin Outen hire was a complete waste of time and a mockery of the uh, the coaching process. He was his boy. That's the only reason he was hired. It was like Vic Fangio hiring Ed Donatel to be the DC. It, it literally made no difference uh, to the operation because Hackett's calling his own plays. But if he needs a babysitter, which is a word I despise in this context, it's so bad such a bad look for a coach what does that say about Hackett's prowess they hired him to be the leading voice the leader of men this offensive savant this you know progressive very modern play caller and he's been anything but that it reminds me back in the old Herm Edwards Jets days when they had to hire a clock consultant for him named Dick Curl I mean, just that was a, a horrible blight on her. I know on her Edwards resume, <laughs> Chad, and it would be the same thing if Nathaniel Hackett hired a babysitter to help him with the offense. That's his side of the ball. If it was a defensive consultant, special teams consultant, that's one thing. But that is your bread and butter. You got to eat that up, Jeremy. I don't care how much Russ is getting paid. I'd rather have Brett Rippin under center at this point. I disagree with you, but here's what I will say, Jeremy: is Zach, you've talked a lot about how. After his injury last year, he exited. He missed some time to to get the surgery. I want to say on his on his injured uh, digit, and then when he came back, he was back to classic Russ. Maybe the Broncos need to sit Russ, like when they because mm. they're getting ten days in between games here, so they have a little time to see how this treatment affects that shoulder. But if they start getting close to th uh, the Monday night game, and I'm talking Thursday and Friday's practice. And Russ is not himself, and he's still – you know what? Sit him down another week. Let Brett Rippon go be your backup quarterback because what, what did we say about the backup? Hey, if you got to lean on him for one or two games because your guy goes down, 
hey, that that's what they're there for. You just don't want Brett Rippon taking over as your quarterback for the season. If you're really, I'm sorry, Jeremy, I know it's been bad, but you cannot be advocating bench Russell Wilson for Brett Rippon. I mean, that's like willingly walking into the meat grinder. It's only a short matter right. of time before that dude will be wolf droppings. He'll have been consumed by the wolf pack that is the NFL. Plus, what happens if Brett Rippon comes in and starts outplaying Russ and the Broncos have a quarterback competition on their hands? That's the last thing they need after making that blockbuster trade and paying Russell Wilson $250 million is for him to be usurped or Wally pipped by Brett Rippon of all people. It's not like the Broncos have a, a young, exciting Trey Lance on the roster behind Russ. They have Josh Johnson and Brett Rippon. Not two very exciting options. You're stuck with him, man. If he can play, he will play, and the Broncos are going to try to wring everything they can out of that major investment. That's how I see it playing out. Lilo, give Hackett the first eight games until the bye and see how he did. Could go five and three or two and six entering the bye, give or take. They walk him under 500. No, no, no. Honestly, Nathaniel Hackett, I'm trying to think now. Urban Meyer was fired mid-December. He didn't quite get all 17 games his first year. He was he was fired, I was just reading about this the other day, somewhere like middle of December. Nathaniel Hackett, one thing that so far has separated those two, well, many things, I guess. This is not apples to apples, but Urban Meyer created an off-the-field distraction a couple of them actually that made it really easy for the Jaguars to uh, fire him in season with only a couple games to go but still I can't imagine really unless it just gets to epic proportions of on the big stage coaching incompetence it's like right now I'm seeing here um comments Zach you know I hate that we're the joke of the league that you think the Waltons are stoked on that the Waltons are hating that right now too Ben Wallman thank you big dog um so if that continues, maybe he's fired in season, but at the bye, no, he's not going to get fired at the bye, dude. Let's look at the Broncos' next few games. They have the Chargers on Monday night at L.A. Not going to be easy, but then it lightens up a little bit, and this is the lightest it's going to get until it gets very difficult in the second half. The Jets, the Jaguars, the Titans, the Raiders, and the Panthers. They have to make do with those teams, you know, beat up or not. If they want to compete and they want to get to a certain record by the bye week, they got to take care of the teams in front of you. The problem now is you face a team like the Jets, you know, who blew out the Dolphins today, and they have a better record than the Broncos right now, sadly enough. I wonder, and I shouldn't have to wonder, can the Broncos beat them? There's no more gimme games on the Broncos' schedule, but with no. the injured Russell Wilson, a depleted roster, and a coaching staff going through it, even the Jaguars – are going to be a, a tough battle for them. That's the sad part. Yep, we're back to flip a coin days with the Broncos. That's why people are so pissed. But, again, I err on the side. I Right now, it's the season is still so young relative to the depth of Russell Wilson's resume that I'm still erring on the side of that resume. Might not be right away. Might not be week six. He suddenly looks more the part of the guy we expect. It might take a little bit longer than that. Honestly, it might. But I still err on the, the side of I think eventually Russell Wilson's performance will improve. Doesn't necessarily mean the teams will improve because you keep losing players. I mean, at a certain point, when you lose that many stars, that many you know first-teamers, and, and not, no team can withstand that 
Ryan, I may overreact and let my feelings get to me after these games, but something's going on with Wilson professionally and personally, maybe feel, uh, may, uh, maybe feel for him. Yeah. I don't know. I hadn't heard anything Zach about any like personal issues as far as marital. I, you might've heard something I haven't on that, but he's obviously going through a professional storm right now. We'll see how he navigates it. He's been able to navigate every storm he's ever been in, in his life. So this would be odd that this is the first one he comes across now. Oh, can't overcome this one. You know, that would be a unique development. Yeah. Far be it for me to play love doctor. I'm not going to wade too much into uh, Russ's marriage. Like Kyle Brandt wanted to, but there was, I've heard rumors that he wasn't very stoked about him being clowned for Sierra twerking, for example, in that music video a couple months ago. And maybe the, I think the criticism is the biggest thing that's plaguing Russell Wilson because, again, you boil it down. He might be buttoned up in uh, public, but in private, he's stewing, I feel like, mm-hmm. over the hate and the vitriol and the and the ill wishes he's receiving by his former adoring fans and, and now the national media and everyone Broncos country it's the the one safety he had it was resonating with a new fan base in a new city and now that fan base is turning on him that city's turning on him i think he's going through it mentally and as melvin gordon proved Chad, the mental psychological emotional component to the game is just as important mm-hmm. if not more important than the physical uh, Jolie, thank you for the the stars. It's great to see you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the he had ple- the the fans counting down in the stadium and then being booed every time he leaves the field right now on a punt, etc. You know, eventually, for a guy that's been virtually impervious to, I mean, people have criticized Russell Wilson in the past. Don't get me wrong, but like as as that comment said, becoming a national punchline. It's, it's eating at him some, on some level. Now, what happens next? That's the question because yeah. with Russell Wilson, he's always been a guy who typically gets the last laugh. All right, like Whether it's going from, hey, I'm not picked in round one, I'm not picked in round two, I'm picked in round three, and you just paid a guy many, many millions of dollars to be your starter, and I beat him out before the, the cleats even hit the grass, I'm the starter, to you know multiple Pro Bowls, uh, injuries. I mean, the dude has his father's death. So many obstacles that he's overcome. Always has managed to find a way to rise above them. What makes us think he's incapable of doing that in this scenario? That's that's my question, and that's why I still err on the side of might not be immediate fix. And I know fans right now want the immediate fix. And this might be Zach another season that is lost to the dustbin of history in terms of playoff outlook, but. I do think Russell Wilson will get back on the horse and he'll be coming out guns hot eventually. And you'll see him play much more up to the standard he's known for around the league. I think realistically you can boil it down to a couple options in terms of what's going on with the Broncos. Either Russell Wilson is really struggling mentally and the criticism is, is affecting his physical play. Maybe he's breaking down. Father time is undefeated or Nathaniel Hackett broke Russell Wilson. In either scenario, it's such a bad case for the Broncos. It's it's a position that they none of them, not the players, the coaches, the Walton Penner family, nor you or I or anyone in the Broncos landscape thought was going to happen. But here we are. He's still trying to lead this team. Like even that game against the Colts when he went into the tent for that little stretch to get checked out or whatever, uh, because he got injured trying to tackle running to tackle a guy to whom he just threw the ball, right? Interception. As soon as he came out of the tent, 
and the cameras were panning to Russell Wilson, what was he doing? He was running up and down the sideline like this, like trying to rally the dudes. He's still trying to lead. I think it's going to come out in the wash. I just don't have a feel for when that's going to be because the injury thing makes this kind of all bets are off, the shoulder, throwing shoulder, torn. And then the coaching incompetencies just make this like, man, hard to say how it's going to shake out, but I still am airing on the side of Russell Wilson coming back to the mean, to the to the standard that we know him for. Patriot Texas, I think it's the six years of lousy football that's getting to me. I want the Broncos to win so bad. I just feel it's not going to change. I still hope. I feel you. That's the way you feel, my friend. And uh, you have to decide if you're going to hope what you're going to pin your hopes on, right? You'd probably be remiss at this stage to pin those hopes on a coach who has proven quite clearly that he's in over his head. So if you're going to still hope, and I am too, I'm still hoping. I'm pinning my hopes on the quarterback that's been to nine Pro Bowls in the last 11 years. You're right about him still leading and still trying to rally and try to be the leader of the team. But let me tell you, that really gets old quickly and will fall on deaf ears when you're the leader and you're going out there costing the team games. People are going to tune you out, be like, whatever, man, we're not taking our cues from you. And that's when the fractures in the locker room start setting in. You saw KJ Hamler literally slam his helmet in frustration, wouldn't go in the locker room and hear the post-game speech because he was so unhappy with how the offense is playing out, him not getting the ball. That's why Patriot Techs, anyone out there in Broncos country, I'm not going to gatekeep and tell you how to be a fan. You guys are entitled to however you feel, any emotion. It's been a bad six years since Peyton Manning, and we all thought that wandering through the desert to get to the playoffs was over, but it was just another mirage. That's the depressing part. Cristiano says, I still believe in the direction the team is going. Peyton, still second-year GM. Off-season focus on a coaching staff and an investing draft and free agent dollars on the O-line. Yeah, that's definitely a must-have is you got you to gotta find some answers. This O-line, you, and I get it. You know, they had some, invet, some draft capital investments and salary cap investments on their O-line, and they wanted to ride that out to a, a point, but that doesn't excuse them from not taking a tackle with their second or third round right. pick. I mean, come on, dude. You both, I mean, Nick Benito started showing a little something in this last game. He was actually starting to make a little bit of hay, but Greg Dulcich has been a big fat nothing burger for this team. And you could have drafted uh, Abraham Lucas. You could have had a right tackle who could now maybe even swing over to left tackle with Garrett Bowles going down. But Zach, we, uh, I think. We're, we're good. We're almost at the hour march. You want to do the rundown and we'll yeah. say goodbye for tonight? Yes, sir. Hope you all had a great weekend. Thank you all for tuning in with us tonight. This was the MHH Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, if you don't already, at the MHH Pod. The main account at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and our producer, Scott, at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, or to know what it is, where it is, huddleuppod.com. Check it out if you haven't done so, and facebook.com slash Pod. Like the page and follow that page. Guys and gals, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every month. But as you see ticking below you, please make sure you do these three things for us. Sub, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Shout out to these great supporters and Super Chat superstars. 
Jason Bolins, great to see you in the chat, my friend. Uh, it's good to have you live with us, as always. Uh, Cristiano, Jonathan, Money Moore, Jeff C., a legend. Zeus, Mount Rushmore. Michaela, Mount Rushmore. Kathy Lund, one of our longtime community mavens. Austin, Simon, up there in Canada, holding it down. Lilo, Guile from Street Fighter. Uh, David, Ryan, Patriot Tex. Much love and respect, plus our great supporters on Facebook, Gary Leeds Palmer, Ben, Lena, Trey, Phil, Sebastian, Jeremy, Jolie, Howie, frickin' day in the frickin' house, Andrew, George Lawrence, much love and respect. Try to keep your chin up. All right, we'll see what comes here. You got another 12 games to go, for better or for worse. Lilo says, enduring the pain, Hamler was open to win the game in overtime, and Russ could have ran it in to win uh, with the clock down to zero. What does he see that we see? That's the thing. His, his vision, his, the way he's seeing the field is not the typical Russ. Something's going on there, and we'll see. I think Russ will respond. I think he'll answer the bell. Uh, we'll see, though. George says, I feel Russ needs to cut out the let's ride. It's not working. Yeah, might kind of be like if you're superstitious, Zach, time to just kind of cut that, but we're out of time, guys. So we'll see you tomorrow, Monday. Take care, and as always, guys, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. 